Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, ACB community. You are listening to Home, Garden, and Agriculture. We come to you on the second Saturday of each month with topics around homesteading, raising animals, uh, doing other things with animals, growing things, all sorts of stuff that, uh, that many of us want to uh, do on our own related to home and gardening and agriculture. My name is Marge and uh, my uh, co-facilitator here is Deborah and we welcome all of you to to our program this month. So Deborah, what's happening in your garden? Well, um, I've had some good and some not so good this week. It's been a, a, a mixed week. I'll start with the good. I have been eating rhubarb and all kinds of greens and radishes from the yard and the garden. I, the green stalks are working out really well. Good. Uh, I have 20 different kinds of herbs planted in the green stalks. They are vertical planters and they are very popular with my neighbors. Every time I'm out there, I have a neighbor asking me about them. the greens are doing very well in those. Uh, the rabbit and I get salads every day. And uh, that part is going very well. The part that is not going well is my chicken keeping. And uh, I've been keeping chickens for 11 years. And uh, pretty much problem free. And this week I lost three chickens in four days. Oh, I'm so sorry. And oh no. Yeah, it was uh people have probably heard about the avian flu and um my vet was very concerned that's what it was and uh the state sent out a tester and tested and thank goodness it was not avian flu. But I I was at the vet again with another chicken today and found out that it's something called Merrick's disease, which um I I tell you if you get chickens, make sure they are vaccinated per Merrick. They can only do it in the first day of life. And uh, even if they're vaccinated, they are still at risk. So, uh, I, you know, there, there are good days and bad days when we have our plants and animals. And uh, this week has been uh, pretty much mixed for me. But yeah, um, I guess. the plant part is going well. Yes. Well, good. I'm so, glad that that is a piece of good news for you. Yes. Well, and I appreciate our community here today. And I'm really excited to talk about a happy topic, horses. Um, what about for you, Barge? What's going on on, on your place? Well, um, this week has been a little bit cooler, but we've already had too much heat. And that makes it really challenging to keep uh, some greens going, the salad greens, uh, especially along with not having enough rain um, being the other challenge. So I'm struggling to uh, baby some lettuce along because I, I we, we shouldn't be losing it um, so soon. And I've got more in, in, in the raised bed and it's all under shade cloth and all that. 
So um, I'll just continue with, with uh, that challenge, but mostly the hot weather crops are in the garden already. And we started this week eating green beans, which when they get to it, uh, they, they produce heavily. You've got to pick them every day and, um, and freeze them and eat them. And it's, it's great fun. I don't know how long they'll last. Sometimes they, they burn up pretty quickly, but uh, we'll, we'll see. So far, um, so good. It was amazing how quickly they got with it. And uh, I have about oh, that's- mm, 30 feet of bean plants, something like that. Oh, well, and you grow the pole beans, right? No, I grow bush. Bush, okay. Yeah, on the snap beans, um, provider. Isn't that an apt name? Hmm. Provider. I have not heard of that one. Oh, yeah. I I like it. It's living up to its name. Yeah, exactly. It's similar to Burpee Blue Lake, um, but the plants are a little sturdier. So anyway, um, very happy. I don't get beans for a couple more months, so I'm very jealous. (laughs) But, well, I, I before we get to our guest today, um, I did want to tell people about up, upcoming calls. Yes. In June, we are going to have the very popular Sue back, the horticulturalist. I, I know people really enjoyed listening to her when she came on a couple times before. Uh, she has not told me her topic yet. So I don't know if it will be an open line where we can call in with questions or if she'll focus on a particular topic. Um, I just know she'll be on. Uh, in July, uh, Marge and I decided we are taking July off because that's convention time and, and um, it's quite a busy time for us too. So we decided we'll give everybody a break in July in August, we're going to have uh, a wonderful guest, I'll admit. She is my mother. She's awesome. Um, she is a Holocaust survivor who lived in a concentration camp. And she is going to talk to us about um, sourcing food then and now. And uh, I, I think she has some very interesting things to say that people will enjoy hearing. Mm -hmm. She'll also be open to questions. And then in September, we have Zelda coming back and she is going to talk to us some more about dehydrating. So we have some good calls coming up and we hope people will join us and, and all your participation makes it better. Absolutely. So, March, would you like to introduce our guest? Well, Deborah and I are both very excited about this this program because Carol has been one of our loyal listeners, but uh, she has her own area of expertise, which is certainly not one that I have. So uh, I'm glad to be here uh, to listen and learn. Um, Carol, can you tell us about uh, your a bit about your history with horses and uh, where you are right now with respect to horses. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, and, and Debbie, I'm sorry about your chickens. I don't have chickens, but I've always thought they, they, I just find them interesting. Love, love the way they could walk around and look, just, you know, do their thing and lay eggs, of course. 
Um, yeah, I'm honored to be here. I feel very inadequate, I have to say. Been around horses for years um, and have one now who is um, 30, actually. And he is just hanging out and, and loving where he is. Um, I have most of the time, with few exceptions, basically have boarded the horses that I've had um, and had one at a time when I've had them. Um, my daughter is very much a horse person and happens to live in North Carolina and has five horses of her own um, now. And growing up, she was the, I had horses also, a horse at, the, at, at different times, but basically she did. And at that time when I had horses earlier, during most of those years, all of those years, I had my sight. So things are different now for me um, around horses. And it's been a very, I'll say, interesting, um, challenging a little bit, making that change from being sighted and not sighted around horses. Um, I love horses. I love all horses. I just think they are just wonderful animals. But they are significant, and depending on what kind of horse you might be around, they're significant in size. So they're um, not something that you can just move, pick up and move <laughs> from one place to another. And so um, I'm beginning to get a sense of what that's like not being sighted. Um, one of the things that I'd just like to talk, and I'd love to, I'd love to have questions and talk and hear how other people do things. Um, I'm always interested in that. That's, that's just a gift to me to hear what someone might, a question, but also what their experience is. And um, I know one of the things people sometimes think, and I've, this is over the years I've run into this and heard people say this, and it is, oh, I'd love to have a horse. And so-and-so, my friend Mary said, she'd give me a horse so I could get it for free. And that, having the experiences I've had over the years with horses, that always makes me um, not shudder, <laughs> but um, I want to quickly say, no, there's, there's no such thing as a free horse. They are big and significant or, or require care and require finances, money to take care of them and, and to make, make sure that they're well taken care of and have access to a vet and have their feet taken care of and all of those things. So just because something comes to you free does not mean it is free. Um, and that, I just say that not because I wouldn't love everyone to have perhaps have a horse if they can, but it's something, at least my experience is that I kind of grew into um, owning a horse and being totally responsible for a horse. Um, so there Carol, are a lot of ways. Yes, please. Ask Carol, oh, yes. So um, I'm just going to just back you up for just a minute here. What is your current horse's name? Oh, um, Liam. He's Liam. Liam He's 31. Okay. He's 31 years okay. old and he is a lipazon. Um, oh and goodness. very, 
he's just a wonderful he was one i've had him for since he was 16. a friend gave him to me um wonderful friend and he is very he really was he was a, he was competition horse and knew a dressage horse and he's a wonderful okay, so wonderful horse highly trained do you still ride him or is he mainly i don't okay. no i don't um i rode him for g for years and then i um brought him not home to my house but kept him at a friend's place about a mile from my house when my sight began to fail and i was riding him around i live in a suburban town in maine um and there's lots of places to ride there were lots of places to ride around the roads and things and he was just wonderful and i would ride all over town all over the place and then as things got busier there's more traffic my eyesight got worse uh, it was no longer safe and that was a hard day on the day i just realized you know this is really not safe and uh for for me or for him or for anyone he was wonderful but it it i had to make that change so he is and, and that was that, that was unable to ride around town anymore what about um like a, a arena riding is his age part of why you don't ride anymore um i do it more um it really is time for him to retire he's he's in okay. great health but he just was you know he was ready it was time for him he'd done his work it was time for him to retire and it also was time for me to retire from riding um okay and you know physically it just did not it was no longer a good idea for me to be riding well i was get i'm a little bit i'm just had a birthday and it's a significant one so um i just turned 79. so for me to be riding still is um i know a lot of people do but for me it just wasn't no longer yeah a safe thing for me to do and it worked out okay. fine I, you know it just was time yeah nope that, that idea of you riding your horse around town is just awesome. I I, I can only oh, imagine wonderful. how fun that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah it really so, was. I yeah. Go ahead. For people who don't know what a lipizzana is, can you ex kind of describe him and explain this breed? Yeah, the lipizzans are. Oh, there's a whole history. There's um, they're they were they're dressage horses a breed of horse and actually they often they used to um and i think they still do have have performances that travel all around the the united states and give performances and they do dressage they're the white horses um and he is white and they are they do dressage do do a lot of the movements and that kind of thing and they have a did you explain what the dressage is because there might be people oh who don't wow know that is um dressage is it's um like at the olympics when they have the the riding in the ring and the horse does movements does extended trots and and does um you know just pirouettes does those kinds of 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 trained um uh, movements and there's um a, a dressage rider will ride there's movements within the ring and they're judged on those movements 
that's probably and correct me correct me if mm-hmm. I'm wrong, but I I kind of think of it as kind of dancing with the horse because the horse exactly. is very responsive yeah. to your yeah. body it's, movements and your the way your right. your leg right. presses here or there. I mean, it's an incredible right. exactly. sport. Exactly. Very responsive exactly. horse to do that. Okay. Yeah, it's absolutely. And they, yes, and, and the movements, you don't see what the rider is doing and the horse does. Um, one, just, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Um, and sometimes done to music, um, too. And that's just, um, just really wonderful. Um, yes, please and, ask any and, questions. Happy to and you had it. talked a little bit about, you know, when we talked uh, a while ago mm. preparing for this, you talked a bit about how how people don't have to own a horse to be able to ride them and enjoy them. Right. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Absolutely. Um, and I would strongly suggest if someone's interested in, in riding and in horses, wherever you live, look into, um, there are often and often also for uh, those that are blind or visually impaired, there are uh, therapeutic riding air, um, centers that people can go and and look and talk to people about, gee, I'd love to learn to ride. How can I do that? And there would be horses that, that are there that would be very, very um, uh, appropriate for someone who does not know how to ride and doesn't, um, you know, know anything about horses. Um, there are often... Um, at barns, I know young children that are interested in horses or teenagers, adults, that there are options to go and perhaps groom horses and learn about that, learn about how to do that and take some lessons. Um, you don't have to own a horse to, to be involved with them. Um, you can, you have to, have to sometimes pay to ride. But sometimes you can just go and, and hang out and maybe groom a horse, uh, groom a horse, meaning brush it, pick it, learn how to pick its feet out and just get familiar with, with an animal. And if it's, um, at one of the therapeutic riding centers, they have horses that really are just wonderful, very, very a quiet, calm. So if you're doing the wrong thing, they just accept it so you can learn to do it in a better way, in a more confident way. But there are a lot of ways to do that. Those uh, are great tips. Thank mm-hmm. you. Those are great tips. Thank you, Carol. And um, March, before we open it up, do you have any questions for Carol? Well, Carol, is uh, if you can think back to when you were first starting to ride, um, would you have a guess as to how long you were doing that before you felt any level of confidence um, being on a horse and about about your skills? Um, I, it's funny. I started riding. I grew up in New Jersey. I live in Maine now, but I live, grew up in New Jersey. And my first experiences with horses were that I took lessons in the, our town had recreation department and we, we used to uh, go and ride at a, at a riding stable. So my first experiences riding were as a total novice. I loved horses, but knew nothing. 
And so that was my first, and it took me a period of time to get comfortable um, with writing and uh, just as an absolute rank beginner. And that's okay. That's, you know, and it takes time and everybody's different. So their level of confidence is going to be a little bit different. And some people may never get to the point that they want to be riding independently around a ring with a group and just want to stay on a lead line. And that's just fine. That's just, you know, you do what you're, what you're comfortable. But they're wonderful animals, and they vary the way that all other animals do too. Dogs do and cats do and rabbits do and chickens do. Um, but, of course, they're more significant. So that that's where the the kind of a little bit of of uh, care has to come in to doing that, and um, I slowly got much more confident. And then my daughter became very interested in riding when she was a oh about ten I think, and that's when she started riding. She started riding before that, but um, and then we she was very interested in doing it. So I we got a horse and boarded it. Uh, I bought a horse and actually didn't buy a horse the first time. I, I leased one from someone um, and that worked out. That's another way to kind of get comfortable once you've begun to ride a bit is that you can find someone that would like to lease you the horse, which means you would pay some of the costs and you'd make an arrangement of I'll ride on three days a week on these these days or I'll take care of that with the horse. So there's a lot of ways to get comfortable and be around a horse and have a horse um, without it being totally a responsibility. Well, that sounds, you've provided a number of different options for people to think about, or, you know, people can just enjoy horses uh, from a distance too. There are many ways to enjoy them. Uh, are you okay with us taking some questions or comments now? Carol? Please. Oh, I'd love it. I'd love it. Okay. Thank you. So if anyone has anything you want to share about horses, it could be a story about maybe the first time you rode a horse or maybe you have horses and have tips, you have questions for Carol, please join in. And um, I will ask our host, to um it's trevor correct or travis. travis i'm sorry i'm trying to change your name i always do that to host <laughs> <laughs> could you let people know how to join in sure and my the, I, the instruction i that i know are for regular uh Zoom format. So if anything's different for webinar, uh, any corrections would be appreciated. But uh, if you're on a PC to raise and lower your hand, it is Alt-Y. And once you've been promoted, it is Alt-A to mute and unmute. If you are on a Mac, it is Option-Y to raise your hand and Command-Shift-A to mute and unmute. If you are on a smartphone, phone. I believe the raise hand for this is more in the middle of the screen. So just look for the raise hand, uh, double tap there, and then you will be given an option to unmute. And once you have been given permission uh, to mute and unmute, it, I believe, is still in the bottom left-hand corner of the phone. How if you are, I add to that, um, on the phone, you can use star nine to raise your hand and lower it. 
and star six to mute and unmute. I find yeah. that a little easier. Yeah, and I was just getting there because I, I was what okay. I said was just for the smartphones. Yeah, and as she just said, if you are on a touch tone phone, like a landline or something, it is star nine to raise your hand and star six to mute and unmute, as it was just said. And I believe that's uh, all the instructions. Yeah, that, that works on the smartphone, too. And I just find it easier than trying to find those other places. But, okay. All right. Do we have any hands? We do have a few hands. Uh, all right. Go ahead and start. Nella is... Okay, Nella, you are first. You've just been given permission to talk. Okay, thank you. I I was so freaked out because the format was all different. So now I understand why. Um, I just wanted to agree with what um, Carol was saying about, you know, uh, um, taking on the responsibility of a horse. And there's a way to do it. You know, there's ways to have experience with the horses without taking on that responsibility until you're really sure it's something you want to do. And I um, I do think leasing is a great idea because it gives you some ideas of the full responsibility um, before you make that commitment. And, and I think there's some, when I first got into horses, I took lessons with a lot of different instructors on different horses and I did at least, but I was lucky enough to have um, some different friends with horses. So I got to ride several horses. And then when I decided to get my own um you know, I had some experience with, you know, different kind of knowing what I, what kind of personality I wanted, what kind of movement I wanted. So I, there's definitely, you know, some advantages to, to taking lessons and different with different instructors on different horses, leasing, you know, trying to get, you know, if it's something you really want to pursue, um, I, I wouldn't make that commitment to, to take on a horse right off. And, and there's the old saying, don't look a gift horse in the mouth, which is really about <laughs> their age. But usually if a horse is a free, there's a reason it's free and it's, you know, and it's not a good thing usually. So um, I, I would hesitate at any, any free horse. I, um, but, you know, that's, that's a whole nother discussion, but um, thanks. Great advice, Carol. I totally agree with you. And Nella, you have Cruiser, and how's he adjusting to his move? Um, so Cruiser, Cruiser is again. Um, okay, sorry, my voiceover is talking. Let me turn. Sorry, sorry, uh, my voiceover was talking, and I couldn't hear. Um, Cruiser is. He is a, a, a Missouri Fox Trotter gelding. He's 20 years old. He has traveled a lot in his life. He's lived in different states. And I ha I am fortunate enough now to have him on my property, but I have boarded him. Um, and there's advantages and disadvantages to both. I love having him out there. I go in the backyard and he sees me and whinnies and comes to the fence, which is really nice. But you know, if you want to travel or something, when I was boarding him, that was nice because, you know, he was at the barn or, you know, if I had something came up, um, you know, the people at the barn would, would care for him. So that, that's another whole horse owner <laughs> topic is, but, um, and I don't, a fox trotter is a breed that has a movement, a certain movement. And I, I won't go into all that, but, um, you know, and that's another thing if, if um, different 
like dogs, different horses were bred, breeds were bred for different purposes. So they have different movements, some different personalities. And, you know, there's a, a lot of research and there's a, and a lot of good materials. And most horse people love to talk about their horses. So if it's something you're interested in, people are always happy. I think most people are really happy to share. Well, thank you, Nella. Thank you. Yeah, um, this is Carol. Just, I was just going to say thank you, Nella. That was, thank you for adding that. I, and also you reminded me that there are different um, the saddle, different saddles. People don't know that there's Western. I don't happen to ride Western, but that's um, the, the cowboy, you know, with the horn in the front and, and, and really a very, very comfortable kind of riding seat, if you will. And there's all different other kinds of, 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 of uh, saddles and types of riding. If you're going to jump, you have a different kind of saddle. Um, and mentioning um, also um, trying riding different horses, absolutely. And that's one of the wonderful things about going to a, to a stable to, to take lessons, that you get to see and ride a variety of horses. And that is, that, that's a wonderful experience. Absolutely. And, and an important one, I think. So thank you. Yeah, All right. Thank you. And uh, we're ready for our next person. All right. The next is a phone number with the area code 682. It's Cassandra. Hi. Hey, um, um, I do love your presentation, Carol, but there are a lot of things that I've learned about horses, but I've been riding horses off and on when I was a kid, but the last time I ridden when I was 19 years old and I was at Chris Cole in Austin, Texas, and as always, horseback riding is, has always been a very good experience for me, and um, I have learned some very valuable facts about horses through reading books. One, if you're going to grab one or whatever, you have to be as gentle and quiet and patient as you can. Because even a loud voice would send them, I don't want to say send them into a frenzy, but, um, it would cause them to either be spoiled or it would cause them to buck or something like that. I've read, I don't know if you've read Laura Engel's Wilder books, but one of them on Farmer Boy, uh, it was about a farmer boy, a boy who grew up on a farm and with horses that he and his father raised, and I got back from that. And also, you have to be careful the way you handle a horse. You must be real, real gentle when you pet a horse. Well, thank you. Those are, and Carol, do you have, she brings up a really good point about some safety precautions. Do you have anything right. to add? Right. Um, I, I appreciate that. Thank you, Kalandra. That, that you're very true. It's very true. Being quiet as you can and not making abrupt movements around, but, and gentle, yes, but you have to also, they have to know you're there. So giving a little taps and pats 
it's it's really not. You want to give a firm so that the horse knows that you're there. And of course, if you're not, if you don't see or you're uncomfortable around horses, it's not a why. You don't want to be the person that's going to be taking care of that horse. You have to learn how to do that. So your your thoughts are excellent and books are wonderful, but it's hands-on as with most things. Hands-on is what is how you really can learn um, how to do it. And, and anyone okay. can do that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And we're ready for the next raised hand. The next and hand will be Nora. You may go ahead, Nora. Yeah, hi. I'm already on music. And hi, everybody. Um, I have little washings in the past. Yeah, hi. Can you hear me okay? Yes, you sound good. Hi, please can meet you, Carol. And thank you. I've ridden horses way in the past. I think I started probably with nine or ten. It's just sitting with my on the horse with my sister, and then later on I enjoy horseback riding, like the, on the regular uh, cowboy type of saddle, and it's real nice. And I enjoy riding horses over the years. And one time I learned how to how to pack the horse and groom the horse a bit with different kinds of brushes. And one time I went almost horseback riding a few years ago, and it was fun and got to somewhat make the horse to his water trout where he can drink his water. And, and another thing is the safety tip is not only you have to be quiet and gentle, but do not walk behind the horse too close because that might, he, he can't see you when you're behind him and he's not liable to fuck you. So just let him know that you're still there and you're, you're walking as you walk around him. So that's pretty much it. Like, Thank uh, you, Nora. Well, places, right? I can go. You're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, so, and there are places I can go, like a place called Camelot. I'm sorry. And, uh, and Horses Help. And I could do to go to either one of them. Thank okay. You. And those are therapeutic yeah. writing programs. Yeah. yeah. And people can Google therapeutic mm-hmm. horseback riding. And you can find a program yeah. in your area. They are all over the country. They are fabulous. So, Carol, yep. um, what about, and, and this is something that I've actually argued with people about when I had horses. Um, I'm of the mindset that you just never go behind a horse because you never know if the horse mm-hmm. will get spooked or what. But um, I've had people tell me, oh, it's okay if you firmly pat them on the behind Dan to let them know you're going behind them. What, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I would, I never go out behind a horse. I don't know. That's for sure. Um, the, the horse I had Liam, I would, I would, I would crawl under his belly because I know him and I'm comfortable. Although I would never do that, frankly. Um, but it, absolutely. Um, it's really more who, what, who the horse is and what his relationship might be with me um, because I would never walk behind a horse. I didn't know because that, yeah. because they, if there's a fly or if they get startled, 
they may think, oh, wait, it's another horse. So, or, or something else that startles them. And every horse is different. As, as I said, with dogs or cats or animals, anybody, people, we're all different and react differently. So, yeah, um, and no, they, they are never, they are big, mm-hmm. powerful animals. I, I had mm-hmm. a horse named Sundown. She was a lovely, gentle, sweet, wonderful horse. And, uh, I, my stepfather made the mistake of getting behind her when she was sick and he ended up mm-hmm. with a ruptured, um, hernia from the kick he got mm-hmm. and that's the yeah. first and only time I ever I ever knew her to kick but um mm-hmm. yeah it is that they are um they're big animals and and they can be unpredictable so mm-hmm. do we have another hand we do one more right now Nella has her hand back up you may unmute hi Nella you're back hey, I want to add to that whole going behind horses so um this is something i will you know a known kicker i will not own a known kicker so when every time i purchased a horse i have had a trainer go with me or someone um that's more knowledge or more knowledgeable than me and and then someone just to i think it's always good even if you're very knowledgeable to Mm -hmm. take someone Mm -hmm. with you for a variety of reasons uh, because I mean, you can fall in love with a horse because it has a beautiful mane and tail, and you know, <laughs> I mean, people get crazy. So it's it's always good to have a voice of reason. But I've always had the trainers like you know go up with my cane, and because I don't know where he is, you know, he has he has five acres out there, and most of the time when I call him, he comes to me. But you know, sometimes I have to look for him, and I, you know, I hit him, I've, I've come up behind him, and he is not, he doesn't start all, but. Um, if you're grooming a horse, any horse, you know, if you're grooming, tacking up, whatever, and you need to go behind the horse, you need to keep contact with the horse. And the closer you are, the safer you are. When you're like four feet out, they got a good, you know, it's like they can build up some momentum and really kick you. If you're right there, um, they can't build up that momentum. They also know you're right there. So I, I have you know, tacked up horses and stuff that I didn't know that well or groom them. And I will go behind, but I'm staying right there in contact with them. So and I'm feeling what their body is doing. But as far as just like going out in a pasture, if I didn't know where the horses were, I didn't know the horse, I would be very nervous to, you know, cause like I said, I can walk up and hit my horse's back legs with my cane. And, you know, he's just, I can run my cane all over his body and he doesn't care. So it's really, but if you do have to go behind, try to stay as close as possible and keep, you know, I, I kind of put my hand on his rump as, as I move around and, and talk to him so that, you know, he always knows that I'm there. Yeah. I, and I'll Absolutely. tell you, I, I would still be real cautious about that because I, I never had to go behind the horse. There, there are always ways to, um, you know, to do it, get what you need done without going behind the horse. And I'm, I'm not kidding. That one time that horse kicked my stepfather, mm-hmm. it was the only time the horse ever kicked. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. just takes one time and you can get really seriously injured. But, um, right. but yeah, I, it, I think it is something that I think horse people just, you know, I hear, I've noticed there's some disagreement about it in the community and I, I, I thought I'd bring up a little controversy just to kind of stir yeah. things up a bit. Yeah. 
Am, am I yeah. still unmuted? Um, no, you're on. We okay. Can hear you. I just, I, there's a kind of an old joke with horse people that if you have three horse people in the same room, the only thing that two <laughs> of them will agree on is that the third is wrong. So yes. uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very yeah. true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I would just add to that. Thank you. That's that's very true about about that you're you're safer staying closer to the hind end of the horse when you're going along behind him, but keeping your hand on. Um the other thing is and and when I had sight, and this is um if someone has sight, you keep an eye on their um the the ears. And that will give you a lot of information about what the horse is thinking about doing because his ears will, will flatten if he's um, disturbed or angry or going to kick. Um, but if you're not sighted, you don't have that clue. And or if you have marginal sight, as I do now, I can't rely on that. And uh, that was there are other other kind of horses is picking up its foot and kind of stamping. You can hear that, though. There are clues that you can kind of keep an eye out for. A swishing tail either means it flies around, which could mean kicking, but also that maybe these kind of a little um, anxious or worried or something. So there's those other clues that we can, can pay attention to, too. Thank you, Nella. And just... The uh, wisdom here is fabulous. Thank you. Does anyone have a story you want to tell about horseback riding? Maybe a funny story? Um, Deborah, do you have a story? Um, Sounds like you have lots have... of horse experience yourself. A story? <laughs> maybe maybe just tell us a little. You owned mm -hmm. one horse. Did you own more than one? I owned six but it was all during childhood, not yeah. at the same time. Yeah. But the the one the one that I think is probably the funniest is I had a little um he was a Welsh mix pony. Mm. His name was Charlie. He was beautiful. He was um red and white. He was a pinto color and he oh he was so cute. But when he got mad about and didn't want to do something he sat down. It was just the weirdest thing. <laughs> he, he would, and one time my sister took Charlie to a horse show and he decided he did not really enjoy being in the horse show. And he sat down in the arena and everybody just cracked up <laughs> laughing. They thought she had done it on purpose to show off. And she was pretty mad at that horse, but yeah. Yeah, horses are damn personalities and um, quirky ways about them. They can be a lot of fun. I this is Carol. I I when I went out to visit out west, um, and I was a rider at that point certainly. But uh, we went on a trail ride um, up into the mountains. It was in Colorado, and the horses would go. You know, kind of they were. They were, they've been doing this for a long time. So they were all pretty, very, very quiet. And we just go along and walk along. And I thought about that for a rider. It was wonderful. I just, you know, to sit and just be on the horse. But also it was a wonderful experience for those who had never ridden before. That all they had to do was sit there and yeah, hold the reins and hold on to the, 
it was Western saddle and just ride along and enjoy the movement of the horse. So if anyone who doesn't ride has that opportunity, that's also something that someone can do who's never ridden. And it's just wonderful because you trust the horse. They, they've been doing this for a while. So, you know, that they're trustworthy and they go along in a trail, you know, group just head to tail. And uh, it's a wonderful way to ride. I'll tell you, I would do it again in a minute. Trail riding is, is very nice. It's really peaceful, much better than being out there on a motorcycle or an ATV. It's really quiet (laughs) and peaceful. Quieter. Yes, it is. Do we have any more hands raised? Yes, we actually have two hands right now. Okay, let's um, go to those. Roberta M., you can unmute. Hi there. Um, Hi, Roberta. I, yeah, I, this just brings back such wonderful memories from childhood. I, I rode horses when I was a, a teenager, um, never owned one, lived in the city. Um, but I'm curious um, about, could you give a ballpark I mean, nobody's going to hold you to it, but a ballpark figure about the monthly or maybe the annual cost to, if you, if someone was to get a horse and not keep it at their own location, like, so they would have to board it and pay for feed and et cetera, et cetera. What, what kind of ballpark range are we talking? Um, that is, that's a tough one because there's a number of things in it in to answer it. It depends hugely. First thing, where do you live in the country, in this country, the United States, if you know what state, but not only that, but also what is the sort of surrounding area? Do you live in a city area? Because then it would be, um, as you get out from the city, it would be caught, would be more expensive there than out in, in farm country. Uh, where there's more land and having horses is more common. I don't know what the going cost is, and I would really hesitate to say because of, for just that reason, paying for board here in Maine is very, very different than if you're out in New Jersey or New York near the city or in really suburban, urban areas. I have no idea what it might be out in the middle of the country. Um, what it would cost. It also depends on what you, uh, what the care is that you're having. Do you, is it also, are you also going to be using the arena that they may have? Is the arena an indoor arena or is it an outdoor arena? Are you, are they going to be cleaning the stall or are you going to be cleaning the stalls? Um, what does the, what kind of feed are you going to, and what's the cost of hay? There's a tremendous number of, of, of uh, variables. I pay for my horse private barn, and it's probably as inexpensive as, you, as it's going to get. Um, I pay about $600 a month, and that's for feed and cleaning the stall and uh, for that kind of thing. And as I say, that is really not very expensive. Um, I know, and and I know people shudder and think, oh my gosh, that's what you pay. But 
it that it I think it probably goes only goes up from there, and that was is without a re, any kind of arena or anything like that. Now that's twenty four seven. I don't I do not have to show up there at all, and he's got the most wonderful caretakers. But um, I would really be interested in what other pay people pay for board in different places because it really varies. Um, and in a in a fancy barn or a barn where you might be going to use an a, an arena, um, it gets into into in thousand and beyond. I suspect. So if if somebody is taking lessons and paying a couple hundred dollars a month for lessons, that's probably a bargain in comparison to yeah. owning a horse. And I know right. that there we have therapeutic riding programs here locally, and it's. Only, I think, about $25 per ride. Mm-hmm. It's very, very affordable. So uh, there, there is, you know, quite a range of being able to access horses, you know, ha- how your finances play into that. It's Correct. definitely a, an important consideration. And we had another hand raised. We did, but it got lowered. So right now we're clear. Oh, if you want to raise your hand again, feel free. Yeah, this uh, this is. I just have one other thing to add. Oh, we, we do have two hands about, right now. About horses kicking, and we're talking about larger horses. But even the little people, the little minis, they have little. They're quick, and they have quick little hooves, and so and they, they can feel, hurt you too. And they they can hurt you also. So you know they're okay. they're um they're not something to just take lightly. Oh, it's little, so I, it okay. won't matter. It does matter. Good point. Thank you. All right. And um, we can take one of those folks who raised the hand. All right. The 682 phone number again. You may unmute and speak. Yeah, this is Calandra again. Um, I was going to tell you that I, I rode a, a fantastic horse when I went horseback riding. But I was 19 years old when I did this. And, you know, it was a pleasant experience. Lemonade. And um, I really like the fact that um, the horse had a name. I don't remember the name of the horse. And uh, But it was really fantastic. And there were times when I rode horses, we would go on, you know, uh, uh, we would all go together as a group. We would go trail riding and stuff like that. And, you know, fun trips like that. So, you know, so it was you have a lot of, lot of good memories. Yeah. That's, that's great. That's great. Maybe you can get out there and ride again. And we are ready to take, probably will be our last call, I'm thinking. All right, Nella, you're back up. Sorry, Hi, sorry to keep talking. Um, I just no, wanted to you, say, um, I moved, I'm in Springfield, Missouri now. I moved here from um, Phoenix, Arizona. And I, I think in both places, the last I checked, the most basic board was about $300, $300 a month and up. And that's, you know, with... A, not a lot of amenities and you're doing some of the work yourself and you know and that's not that's just part of the expense of the horse you know you have to have their 
hooves trimmed every six to eight weeks. Um, you know, there's dewormers, there's vaccinations and all boarding places will require them to be fully vaccinated because, you know, they don't want contagious diseases going through. And then there's like, you know, the emergencies, my horse choked and, um, which I panicked probably more than I should have, but you know, that was like a $500 vet visit. Cause that was an emergency. And depending on the part of the nation you live in, you know, the vet fees will be more as um, Carol was saying, the larger cities you're in probably going to be more because owning a horse is a, is a luxury. Um, so they can be very, very pricey. I don't, you know, I love my horse and I will keep him till the end, but you know, they are pricey. And right now the horses, the, just the price of horses is up the price of hay and the price of the feed. All of that is up right now. Right. Those are good points to consider. Thank you, Nella. So Carol, as we are coming close to the end, do you have any uh, final thoughts? Any it can be completely, you know, random. Anything else you want to add? Just that horses are wonderful animals, and even if all someone wants to do is go and and pass horses, um, you know, look for those opportunities. There's always an opportunity. You have to find it, and of course, it's being sighted or with being totally blind a different ball game and that has to be taken into consideration so it's not something you can just go and 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 do yourself perhaps but do it do it because animals are wonderful all of them whether it's chickens cats dogs or horses they or rabbits it's um they're all um they're all worth they're worth their weight in gold they are and and you know it, even if you have been cited in the past and and are blind now or what have always been blind. Um, there are people like Nella was one of our callers here. She, she um, is blind and keeps a horse and has done so for a long time. So uh, the other thing you might think about doing is reaching out to other people who are blind, who have done it and have developed techniques for how to take care of horses and, be around them safely. So that, that can be another, another thing to think about. And um, Carol, you have been awesome. Um, March, did you have anything you wanted to add? Well, I, I have a question for you, Carol, uh, since um, you said that Liam is basically retired. How does he spend his mm -hmm. days? What does he, he do? Has, he has the best life, let me just tell you. He lives in a, in a, it's a private little farm, very small little farm. And he lives, um, he has companions. He has a pony and another horse and they live, they've lived together uh, for, geez, for several, for a number of years. And they live, they, they live just, um, you know, together. He, he has a stall that he can be in the stall or out of it and can be out in his little pasture and he's still bucking and running and, um, you know, or rolling or just the two of them just lay out there in the sunshine. So he has about as good as it gets. Yeah. Sounds like uh, it. He, yeah. He, 
Sounds like a, a, a nice way to retire. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you, Carol. This has been very informative and, and a, a really delightful way to end this week. Thank you for joining us. And uh, I, March, did you have anything you wanted to say to let people know about what's coming up or Well, I wanted to thank everyone listening today and, and encourage you to uh, come back um, next uh, month for our June call because having a guest speaker who is a horticulturalist uh, will mean a someone with a a wealth of experience to share with all of us. I always look forward to uh, calls like that. I'm I'm hoping maybe she'll talk to us about herbs again since I missed that call and uh, when she did it before. And because June is a really good time to uh, start thinking about harvesting our herbs. So um, I hope that that will at least be among her her topics um, to, to share with us. And uh, again, that we will be off in July because ACB's convention will be just ending around the time of when our call would be scheduled. But we will be back in August to hear from Deborah's mom about uh, trying to grow in very difficult circumstances as compared with... Um, the, the things we take for granted growing vegetables today in uh, in the U.S. Um, I'm also looking forward to that, and and uh, we will certainly be very much welcoming Zelda back in September, talking about dehydrating again. So a lot of good calls planned. Yeah, and uh, we have a lot of good gardening ahead of us between now and the next call. We do. I'm planning on planting my warm crops tomorrow. Hopefully, we had snow on Monday, so I might be pushing it. Oh gosh! <laughs> but, but I'm I'm ready snow, to get some that? of those warm things in the ground. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Carol would know what snow is. I know She's Carol knows. I'm just yeah, joking. I'm right. from Minnesota. Yeah, I I'm just make joking. Me laugh, I don't know any more. I used to. And I just want to thank you both for inviting me. It's just been delightful. What fun. Just wonderful. Thank you. Well, thank you to all of our people who joined us. Thank you Mm. for your questions, your comments. That was awesome. Carol, you were great. And I want to thank Travis, who did our, our hosting. I'm sorry, I keep changing it. I'll let you do that. <laughs> it's Travis, and, and thank you, Travis. And uh, hope thank you all you're welcome. welcome. Join, okay. join us all. Now again I doubt next myself. <laughs> now I doubt myself when I say it correctly. I'm sure I said the wrong name. We're and, all good. Um, and then Katie did our streaming yes, today. Thank you, so thank you, Katie, for doing that. And thank you, ACB and all the donators who make this all possible. Thank you. And we'll go ahead and sign off. We might be a minute early. Unless you have anything pressing you want to add, Marge, we'll say goodbye. I do not. 
uh, let's uh, let's say good night for this this episode. <laughs>